superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. He is the fattest man in the NFL! You are the one who does the diminishing. You, Derrick Henry, are the diminisher. I love it. Whoa! I can tell you put thought and time into yes. this nickname. I definitely appreciate it. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show, senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer. Coming up, ESPN NFL analyst, Dan Orlovsky. Plus, your phone calls, Monday Night Football preview, and more. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial NFL Live on ESPN's Dan Orlovsky will be joining us shortly here on the program. We've been chopping up week six uh, over the last two hours with Albert Breer and hour number two with you and hour number one. We're about to do overreaction Monday, the we being me and Chris Brockman and Mike Del Tufo, along with TJ Jefferson here in hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show and with you as well at 844-204-RICH. We'll have time for your phone calls as well on this program. Um, Trevon Diggs is no doubt about it. Defensive player of the year candidate, number one, six straight games with an interception. The only reason why we know he will not have an interception in week number seven is because the Cowboys are on a bye week. Hey, don't be so sure, Rich. Somewhere, oh, so some somewhere just, he'll just go yeah. jump in front of somebody and just grab something on his Look, bye he, week just to stay sharp. Apparently, he picked off the NFL's Twitter bio last night, so you just never know. Okay, just, could do that. Like he's out, like he's at home, and they're having a family meal, and someone's trying to pass his mom the ketchup, and he just like picks it. Well, it. no, it. no, it, it won't be at home wherever it'll be, he'll take it to his house yeah, because that's what he does <laughs> right. as well. He's got two touchdowns. If Stephon Diggs scores a touchdown tonight on Monday Night Football, he will match his will brother match. for number of touchdowns <laughs> scored through the first six weeks of the NFL season. You know, guys, people love to talk trash about Jerry Jones and him being the GM and the Cowboys, but when you really look over the last decade, even decade and a half at our draft picks, yep. Solid. I mean, getting C.D. Lamb and Stephon uh, Diggs. Tri- hold on a minute. Hold on a Tri- minute. Stephon Diggs in the same. You can't use that word to describe it. What? No, solid that? is not Yeah, but I mean, this, I mean this in a compliment. It is no. It is not a compliment. I have to stop you there. Well, the way I use it, it was in that particular it's instance. It's not. It's not. It's, it's a, my vernacular, Rich. You've got to come up. Again, I'm sorry. It just drives me crazy. Solid. Hey, man, that was a solid point. We had you. a dope That's draft. That's a solid about point that? for you. No, you did. You had a dope, dope draft. draft. I, that, I will expect much more <laughs> understandable than solid. Like, okay, I you're mean, right. You know you're what right. I mean? Like, I get what you're saying. When you say that's a dope draft, trying you know? to be humble here. I know, Rich. I, I know, I know for a fact that it was dope. It was, <laughs> and the fact was just to weaving this all together from my hour one opening statement to now. Before we get to overreaction Monday and more of your calls at eight four four two zero four. Rich, the reason why the Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders 
is because it's not all on Dak's arm and shoulders. All I mean, yesterday he did throw 51 times yesterday, and they did rack up 567 total yards on a Bill Belichick defense. Shocker. Where they were playing what Irvin was saying on game day morning, they're going to play a dirty game. What does that mean? Just like keep on, keep on trying to throw you off kilter and throw you off center and make you do things you're uncomfortable doing, and then all of a sudden you're looking up and you're down two scores. And that was a big moment yesterday when the Patriots were up 21-7, but that touchdown was called back due to holding. Mm-hmm. Patriots were up 21-7, holding. Mm-hmm. Come on back. And then it got into a much more of a trench warfare dirty game is what he was saying. Then it just went all crazy off the rails because Mike McCarthy decided to kick a field goal on the spot rather than go for it on fourth down, hold on for ball for as long as possible, then kick the much uh, closer game winner with hardly any time left. Instead, he went for it on the spot, and then we thank him for that because it was a crazy ending and overtime because of it. But the reason why the Cowboys are the team that has the – Super Bowl contender rightfully placed on them as a mantra, as a moniker, we can call them a Super Bowl contender, is because of what you just said about the talent pool that they have there. Because it's not just on Dak's arm, and it's not just on Zeke's legs, and it's not just in Amari Cooper's hands. The fourth down conversion towards the end of that game last night in the final drive for the Cowboys to tie the game and send it into overtime, caught by Cedric Wilson. Mm -hmm. And a great throw by Dak, putting it only where he could put it. It was also, you know, a very small percentage that he would go grab it over the defender's head, but he did, got his feet down. Who walked it off? CeeDee Lamb. Who runs just as stoutly as Zeke Pollard? Who goes chases the quarterback when... Tank Lawrence is down. Gregory, Parsons, who picks it off in the end of the day? A defensive player of the year candidate. Got to give it up. Got to give it up. When the giving it up is worthy. Cowboys are a Super Bowl contender, people. And again, the sooner you know it, the better. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Christopher, are you ready to do uh, what you do every Monday here, which is host a highly popular Mm. segment called Overreaction Monday. Let's Let's go. go. LFG. That was terrible. That was crap. That was garbage. This place sucks. Overreaction Mondays. Monday. All right, Rich, you said they were your most impressive win from the NFL Sunday. So here's what I'm going to do for you. The Raiders are the best team in the AFC West. No, I'm not going to say an overreaction Monday. That's an overreaction Monday. What? They're 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 supremely talented, and they've got they're rallying around a very emotional, um, I guess, center of this team now, which is that locker room and their brotherhood, and them playing for one another and playing for their chances not to be torn asunder by something that had. Nothing to do with them. Out of their control. That's a very powerful thing. But the Los Angeles Chargers have already beaten them. The Los Angeles Chargers, despite getting boat raced yesterday, might grow from that. Let's not forget. You can always grow from just regular old losses, too. 
And I am not counting out the Kansas City Chiefs by a long shot. You are overlooking the two-time defending AFC champs at your own peril. So I'll say that's an overreaction. I thought you were going to go with the Raiders are a better team without John Gruden. I thought that was going to be your overreaction that's, that's topic. That's low-hanging fruit, Rich. What else you got over there, Chris? All right, this team we've talked about, I thought this was maybe the most impressive win considering their opponent. They've won five in a row. Lamar Jackson again looks like an MVP. The Ravens are the best team in the AFC. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to say that's an overreaction as well. The Bills are the best team in the AFC, I think, right now. And I would love to see that as an AFC championship game in the worst way. Lamar versus Josh Allen, the two best quarterbacks from their draft class, going at it with them being 1-2 potentially in an MVP vote. And I know I'm forgetting the 12s out in uh, the NFC. I just won't go there yet. I just won't go there yet. Now, I am concerned about their defense, which definitely tightened against the uh, L.A. Chargers. Pretty good. And their stout offense. I'm just not going to sit here and say, Ravens are absolutely the best, and then sit here and watch this thing not age well in about six hours. <laughs> With Monday Night Football <laughs> right, was, and the Bills going tonight. I was trying to tonight. catch you on that. I was trying no, to catch you No, I'm a little too savvy. My head's a little bit on an overreaction Monday swivel over you. here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment and say that's an overreaction okay. for the moment. All right, next, I was trying to think of a different way to kind of go about discussing this team because they are the lone unbeaten left in the National Football League. Very impressive win by Arizona yesterday without their leading pass rusher, without their head coach and quarterbacks coach because they were on the COVID list. How about this? The Cardinals will stay unbeaten longer than the Lions stay winless. All right, now you're going to make me look at schedules here. I'm going to make you look at schedules. Well, the t- I, I know, schedules I know, I know that Arizona plays the Texans next, and that is that's true. That is a W. Arizona plays the Texans, and then they have the Packers on a Thursday Ooh. night. How great is that game going to be to kick off Halloween weekend, Week Eight? And then they're at San Francisco. They could lose one of those easily. I mean, absolutely. They're at Seattle, so that's the next five. Who does Detroit? This is great stuff. Okay, Detroit. Now let me look at Detroit. They got they the play Detroit hard schedule. under Man Campbell. They play hard. Detroit's at here at the Rams. Do you think? Oh my gosh, this is like a, this is quite a weekend where DeAndre Hopkins and JJ Watt host the Texans and Matthew Stafford hosts the Lions. That ain't happening. The Lions are home against the Eagles. That's the game that I'm kind of looking at. The Eagles aren't doing much for me right now. At the Steelers. At the Browns. I will. I will say. I will say that the the car that, that that's an overreaction. I'll say that the Lions. The Lions get one. Yeah, I think the Lions. Oh. Or, or or the Cardinals get the loss. One or the other, right? So. Okay. All what right. You like you that one? Do? Okay. Like that. Yeah, that like I said, think of a different way to talk about Arizona. They're, sure. They're really impressive. Well, they they are, and I'll tell you what. If they get through the next five weeks, they're going to be seven and zero. And if they get through a an early window home date with the Packers and then their trips to San Francisco and Seattle wrapped around a home game against Carolina, if they get through that and head and to their if they 12? head to their bye, if they if they head to their bye 11. at eleven and 0, Ooh, baby. That would be really impressive. Like shockingly impressive.
but they've got they've got the horses to do it, man. Because mm-hmm. don't forget, Zach Ertz is coming to town too. Good point, man. Good point. All right, week seven started in London, and it was really entertaining. London win, Rich. This saves Urban from the chopping block for the entire year. Yeah, I think it does. I think that's not overreaction. I mean, week six started in London. Yes, I do believe that his first win, because the only way that, you know, I I think it absolutely does. That's what I said, is that they wanted to get to Sunday, that week where it was all going haywire. They wanted to get to Sunday, and they lost to Tennessee. And the last thing they were going to do is ax their coach before going to London. By the way, I was also wrong. The game was not in Webley. It was in Tottenham. And so, um, but the only way that they could get out, I mean, I'll get a little legal here. The only way they could get out of their contract with Urban if they thought he was no longer tenable as coach and not pay him is through a morals clause or something that, what are you going to say that you're, (laughs) yeah, three weeks later, our morals became so strong that we had to actually, you know, invoke this clause now not first blush when our morals were first offended by it like you know what i mean you can't fire him for cause weeks later so it's it's done like he's sticking around and like i said i was stunned that urban made that choice and i was stunned that urban did needed to be told at some point that he's derelict for not going back on a flight i mean i was kind of stunned by all this i honestly thought all of this stuff would work out based on his ceo mentality and bringing it to the nfl and maybe this is something these last two weeks he needed to go through it to kind of get it straight in his head i have no idea how it's going to work out but a win's a win and i i think that is not an overreaction you're going to see him there for the rest of the season for sure all right, Rich, you just mentioned this team is one of your most disappointing of the 2021 season so far. So far. Specifically, Daniel Jones is at the bottom. He's only thrown four <sighs> touchdowns this year. He's at the bottom of the league in passer rating for a guy that's played all six games. Uh, after this season, Rich, it's time for the Giants to move on. Oh, man. He's so talented, though, don't you think? He can run. He can throw. He's neck up. He's got his head screwed on straight. Has a turnover. Uh, what machine, is happening? Right? I mean, just protect him. And then you get you get Saquon for him, and he's hardly played with him. He can't stay healthy. Then you go and spend money to Kenny Galladay, and he can't stay healthy. Then you draft him Kadarius Tony, and he can't stay healthy. But when he's healthy, he's breaking ankles. It's like whoa. Like Giants haven't seen that sort of electric play since Odell showed up in the town. You know, I, I moving on from Daniel Jones it'd be just I I it's tough for me to say that right now. I'll call it an overreaction right now. Let's see if like heaven forbid Saquon comes back second half of the season and Tony comes back second half of the season. Galladay, and, and Galladay comes back. Right. I get it, but and then they start protecting him and winging him around, but that's the whole point. It's like why are you going to get wide outs and draft wide outs and draft you know the way that you draft hit that line man hit it if they're 4 and 13 is like Joe Judge out Maybe. Jones is gone I, I can't imagine he's like, not kaboom, because right? John Mara said that this is a, a a judgment season yeah for all of them for everybody alright last one I'm not sure if you've noticed this Rich but did you Take notice of Cam Newton's uh, 
YouTube video yesterday. Status. Cam Newton is vaccinated. Says he still wants to play football. Yeah. There are some teams that need quarterbacks. Cam Newton will be a starting for a team at some point this year. I, th- I wouldn't be surprised. Did you hear Pete Carroll said today that the Seahawks have been in contact with him? I think that's a move they should make. And so, you know, he didn't put any more meat on that bones informationally, but uh, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, I, I don't know. Did he take the shot all of a sudden or gradually or he did his research or I don't know what's going on or he was just like, hey, I want to play for you. Like, are, are you vaccinated? I don't know. But Pete's saying they kicked the tires on him and why not? I think that's a good call right there, Chris. I think so, too. All right. Look at you. Look at you going uh, uh, on the field, off the field. You're going, you know, schedule, and you're going vaccination status. You're going waiver wire. You're going all over the map here. Dude, I, gotta be, I don't think this six. is an overreaction. That might have been your most eclectic mix of, uh, <laughs> of overreactions ever. I got to say, and a final overreaction note, I, I wanted to do a baseball one. <laughs> And I ran it up the flagpole at my house to see if it would be okay. Shut down. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Whoa. We're not talking about it. Oh. I can't. Oh. Which is what? I can't talk about it. Because. How would, but why would you bring it up if yeah, you can't I mean, talk was, about well, it? I just, well, I just wanted to, you know, just, just add All right, let's take a thing. break so I can ask you <laughs> off the air. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Very good. And then bring it to on the air without destroying your uh, already very fragile I mean, household very with fra- with the, in, the, the right around the corner. Five baseball wins away. Yeah, I mean, from Ooh. Braves, Red Sox, and the Tiana Brockman household. When we come back, Dan Orlovsky here on the Rich Eisen Show from ESPN. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Terrestrial radio affiliates joining our Sirius XM audience that was just sitting there uh, listening to me uh, prattle on about how concerned, again, once again, I am about the Cleveland Browns. Joining me here, I believe, lockstep on this subject with me from NFL Live, and he also does a great job calling college football games for ESPN. Joining us on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line is Dan Orlovsky back here on the show. How are you, Dan? I'm doing great, Rich. Good to be with you, bud. Hope you're well. Good to chat with you. Which one are you more concerned with, Browns or Chargers, after their disappointing Week 6 loss, Dan? Oh, no question. It's the Browns, and I agree with you. And and to be honest with you, I'm more concerned as I sit here at 222 on the East Coast yes. on Monday than I was six hours ago this morning after re-watching that tape. Um, 
what was the final score yesterday? Was it third? Did, did the, the Cardinals score 33 or something or 37? Yeah. If you rewatch that tape, they could have scored 50. It, it is so bad on defense for Cleveland right now. And I'm at such a loss for how that revamped secondary, specifically the safeties, are playing so bad. The first play of the game should be a 70-yard touchdown pass to Christian Kirk over John Johnson's head, if not for the Miles Garrett pressure. And this is the third good offense that Cleveland has faced this year. They've faced Kansas City, they faced the Chargers, and they faced Arizona. And they've had 37, 47, and 33 hung on their head. And um, that's, that's a concern. Um, yes, the, the injuries are, are a reality. And then the, the, the fact with Baker Mayfield, um, you know, Rich, I really, if you just watch the tape and you, if you know the type of player he is and the technician he is, uh, that shoulder's a real thing right now. His, his, he mechanically is so not representative of who he is. Um, I would by far and away say the Browns. And the Chargers, I mean, a third and three drop by Mike Williams, a fourth and three drop by Mike Williams, and Justin did not play. Justin Herbert did not play up to his kind of standard that he has set. Um, that's, that's an anomaly in my opinion. So yeah, I, I I absolutely hear you on that. What why why do you think this is going on with Baker? Is it because his left shoulder, as he says, feels crappy? You know, um, yeah. what is it? The line he's yeah. he's without two tackles because you know where it, that that is one of the most hot button subjects in the NFL. Certainly with Browns fans, certainly with many uh, fans who just talk fantasy or or just kind of surf in or just know Baker from his commercials about him just not being the caliber of player that he the Browns want him to be or that he can be. I'm wondering what your evaluation is uh, of Baker right now. Yeah, there's a lot attached to it. Um, I'd say, number one, the, the issue with the shoulder is, is a very real thing. Um, again, you can tell that he – Baker is, and I'm not using this comparison because, you know, short quarterbacks, but he is very much so Drew Brees. He's a technician. He's got to be very mechanically sound, and he is. That's what allows him to play, one, quick, and two, have elite ball placement, rare ball placement. And when you have the shoulder, that has started to show itself more and more. And, and, if, and if I would say, anybody listening, think of the last ridiculous throw Baker made or awesome throw Baker made accuracy-wise. You'd have to rack your brain because it, it hasn't shown up. And last year, it was all over his tape. And I think the shoulder's a big thing. Do I think that there's something going on with the Odell situation? I do. Um, and, and, again, for anybody that, you know, disputes that or thinks that I'm trying to make something up, again, cut on the tape. I'll tell you right here. Um, there, there's a first quarter 5-12. First quarter, five minutes and 12 seconds. He's got to throw to, ba- uh, to, to Odell on third and five in the red zone. Just doesn't throw it to him. It's a shallow. Very next play. Very next play. They go for it. Odell's on another shallow cross. Now, offenses teach things differently, but one of the things you are taught is versus all-out pressure and man coverage, if you got a shallow cross, unless this team is a notorious drop people out from the middle of the field defense, like the Bengals did to Justin Fields a month ago, you throw the shallow cross. Odell's wide open, and he just doesn't look at him. And so this is a continuing thing. So I think the shoulder's a thing. I think whatever is going on, with Odell Beckham and him and that, that type of chemistry or connection that's not there is a very real thing. Why isn't it there? What, what, what's, what, what could possibly be the reason that you're kind of either yeah. dancing around or I, I, what? I mean, what is that, Dan? 
What do you got? No, I've also I've always thought two things. When Baker has Odell Beckham on the field, he gets the play call, he thinks player, and then he goes to the play. As a quarterback, you should always hear the play call. What's the play? Then where are my players? And it's flipped with Odell. That's exactly why the, the interception last year against the Bengals happens and he ends up tearing his ACL. Because in the very same game, they run the very same play out of the very same formation versus the very same defense, and he runs it properly. And I just think there's this thing with, okay, where's Odell? i got to get Odell the ball. And then I think there's this aspect where you've seen some parts this year where he doesn't look at him, even though he should be part of the progression, because it's almost like I'm trying to prove to everybody that I don't need him or I don't have to force feed him the football. Um, so I think there's, there's, there's this aspect of him being inside of his own head is definitely and again you can't run from it anymore this is two years of tape that says something is there while he's staring at him too much or he doesn't look at him at all dan orlovsky from espn here on the rich eisen show nfl live on at four eastern every single day and so much more that dan does so um the best team in the nfc through six weeks is which for you who do you take yeah, the Cardinals have earned that right. Um, you know, the way that their defense is playing, uh, obviously, Kyler's playing at an incredible level. Um, they're like this power, this powerful finesse offense. You know, it's so finesse because of their skill position players, but they can beat you up physically. I still say that there's three teams that at least have earned the right to be in that conversation, or, you know, I would bet on being part of the mix as well. Tampa, because they're going to get healthy. The Dallas Cowboys are absolutely real in the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, man. I mean, the Cowboys, the reason why I think they're Super Bowl contenders is we finally have seen depth of, of roster. We're finally seeing it. And not sure. just depth of roster, but separation of roster. They're, they're that good. And I know nobody really wants to give credit to the, what the Cowboys have done drafting. But that kid, Trayvon Diggs, is so special. And Parsons appears right. to be another special kid. Cedric Wilson, Pollard, taking pressure off of the guys in front of them on the depth chart, I mean, they're deep, man. They are very deep yeah. on that team. Yeah, Rich, I, I completely agree. And I think a thing, too, is, so number one, you are not going to outcoach them offensively or defensively. You're just not. I mean, even, you know, even the Matt LaFleurs and the Green Bay Packers or the Sean McVeighs and the you're not going to, like, out, you're not going to whoop them coaching style in that game, right, with Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn. That's number one. Number two, talent-wise, they're up there with anybody. I mean, they are. Number three, and this is an adamant part for me, their quarterback has gone to a different level this year. Their quarterback was not the level of playmaker that Dak Prescott is right now. The only way, the only way you go on the road, you're minus two in, in turnovers, and you have 10-plus penalties and win is your quarterback plays brilliant football. And he was brilliant, and it's because of the playmaking – and then the clutch. If we, what's not getting talked enough about today, and I tried to talk about it on Get Up this morning, fourth and four completion to Cedric Wilson on the, the drive that they end up kicking the game tying field goal is a big-time play. Third and 25 in the NFL is, what do we always hear broad, broadcasters say? Well, what's the call for yes. third and 25? <laughs> right. You know, it's, you, you're not supposed to get 24 yards on third and 25. You get 12, 14, you feel great. The third and twenty-five by Dak is un—it's in, it's incredible. And um, then obviously the game-winning touchdown is a special play because they ran that formation nine times 
uh, stealing the time. Because they ran that formation with that action in that game yesterday nine times. The only time he threw that ball to CeeDee Lamb was on that game-winning play. Mm. So where are they going to get out coach then, Dan? Yeah, I, I think it's fair. <laughs> I think it is fair to talk about some of the stuff with Mike McCarthy and clock management. I don't think yesterday is the game to talk about it. I, um, I, I, I had a problem with them kicking Zerline on the spot with 2.40 to go. New England's got one timeout and, and the two-minute warning left. You got him right where you want him. You're on. You're you're right in the middle of the plus side of the field. I mean, you've got all three timeouts left. You feel confident in being able to stop Mac Jones the way the defense is playing. You go for it, man. You go for it. You make Bill burn that final timeout. You take it down to the two minute warning. You got yourself a third and manageable best you can. Right, third and manageable best you can. You could even pick up the first down on that two-minute warning potential right before the two-minute warning the way that Zeke's running the ball, Pollard's running the ball. Yep. Dial it up and then just take it right down to the end and you give Zerline an easier kick right there with like 30 seconds left in the game. I mean, unless you don't, unless you think like, I got to get, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I had a problem with that I, one. A big time. I, I don't, I don't all that disagree with you. Um, it's not as no-brainer black and white for me. Like, I understand in, in see where you're coming from in regards to okay let's go for it because if we don't make it um we can get the ball back i believe in our defense but i would say this they went for it on fourth and one twice before in that football game obviously once in the first drive they get stopped they go for it again i think in the second or third drive and they should get stopped again zeke just makes the play and i don't know if that had given them some hesitation of hey because they didn't run the ball well yesterday you know it was they were met physically um, by New England. And I think, you know, as much as we can sit here and say, well, if we don't get it, then our defense can go make the stop. And they could, but that could be the same thing with the missed field goal. Hey, let's throw him out there to see if we can go take this lead and put pressure on their young quarterback. And guess what? If he doesn't make this, I feel just as good about us making those stops and getting the ball back, which obviously the digs interception is a big part. I, it's, it's, it's very, very gray to me. So I've got three and three teams here. Uh, I got the Steelers. I'm going to throw the Chiefs out here because we all still believe that, I think, unless you don't. Do you think the Chiefs – have you hopped off the Chiefs, Dan, or no? No, okay. no, Rich, I haven't hopped off. Um, I think yesterday's game is a perfect example that winning covers up a lot of stuff. Um, I, I feel worse about the game than I did yesterday after rewatching it. I think if they play a better opponent, they lose. Um you know, the turnovers are what they are. we got to stop running from the reality that that just might be who the Chiefs are right now. You turn the ball over like that and the team only scores seven points, that's not normal in the NFL off those turnovers. Um, you know, with 20 minutes to go in that game, that's a 13-10 ball game. 20 minutes to go and then 15, Patrick Mahomes makes six straight incredible third down conversions. Not first down, third down conversions. I just think that if not for that star performance cover-up in the last 15 minutes, that game's a different conversation. I'm not off on them, no, but I don't feel any better or, or have any less concern about their football team after yesterday. All right, so then let me, let me, let me uh, narrow it down to this subset uh, with you, Dan Orlovsky. Um, we had – there were three, four one-in-three teams that had a chance to dig themselves out of that hole with a win in week six. Once upon a time, one and three, they had a chance to win two in a row and bet, get back to 500. The Pats couldn't do it. The Eagles couldn't do it. But the Steelers and Vikings did. Which one would you be on, Steelers or Vikings? 
from three and three with two wins in a row coming out of it. What do you got? Minnesota Vikings. Uh, that, that's an easy answer for me. Wow. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings won. I think Justin Jefferson, Thielen, um, and Kirk Cousins with Dalvin Cook are very, very, very difficult to stop. Their defense is quietly playing good, solid football this year. This is the Mike Zimmer defense that we've uh, kind of known. Patrick Peterson's playing solid. Uh, Hunter off the edge has been an absolute wrecking crew with Griffin. I, I would bet on Minnesota. My thing with Seattle or my, my thing with Pittsburgh is that they're not going to play a backup quarterback every week. Um, they gave up 20 points to Geno Smith and the Seahawks offense, and they only scored 23 against right now going into this week, which was historically bad pass defense. What do you see in Big Ben when you look at his tape? Yeah, I mean, there's too many misses still, and there's not enough big plays to make up for those misses. And so they are going to be in tight ball games every week, so to speak, and they are going to need him to make one or two big third-down throws. The Juju loss is a big deal. He missed that throw last night to Claypool, um, but T.J. Watt bailed him out. All right. Uh, Yeah. Keep going. He's okay. He's okay. He's okay. (laughs) And which team coming off a bye this week are you you, um, in on more, Saints or 49ers? What do you got for me on that? Ooh, um, you, I, you know, I, 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 I'm so con- well. I'm interested to see what the 49ers do at quarterback. I would play Trey Lance um, because you I would. Don't think that they're awesome. Yeah, I don't think they're awesome this year with the injuries. You know, with Kittle, how long is Kittle going to be out um, with the Verrett injury in the secondary early on? I, I would play Trey because I think every rep Trey has shown, he's gotten better. You go back to the Arizona game from two weeks ago. You know, outside of a couple fourth down stops, they beat Arizona. And so I'm just intrigued because I think he's going to get better and better and better. Um, the Saints are so interesting to me because they are in a world that they have no idea what to do with, in my opinion. Because <laughs> while they have the big plays from Jameis this year, yeah. and they haven't had that, they also have the turnovers. And those, those have been, been become a part of the offense. And they, you know, it's so. It's, when you have built 15 years of playing ball in a certain way, Drew never gave it away and so efficient and you, you didn't beat yourself. So, and now you're like, well, well, we've got these really cool big plays, but we're also giving the ball away one or two more times a game than we're accustomed to. And it's just, I think they're trying to figure out like how to play football with this style of offense. Well, I mean, what if uh, Michael Thomas comes back this week? He's uh, eligible to come back. I don't know if he will or he can or what he's going to look like. Yeah. But if Kent Garden Mike comes back and you got Kamara, maybe, maybe – I mean, that defense too. The defense is better than most in New Orleans when they get cooking too. I don't know. Uh, I'd I, I, I keep an eye on them. I, I, I'd be on uh, – the 49ers though, I'm so, I'm so hyped about them. I don't know why. But I'm I'm still I'm still not ready to quit them either. Yeah, yeah. Damn. I'm really excited to watch them on Sunday night. You know, I, I think the Colts are playing really good football. I think the Colts are a, snap, a couple snaps away from being a four and two team. Um, their defense is playing fantastic, and so I'm really for both those games. I think Sunday night gives us a very clear understanding of all right. Can the Colts really climb back into this? Are they as good as I kind of think they are? And the same being said with the 49ers. That, that's a big game. Last one for you, Dan. And I know you got to go. You got your, your meeting, I'm sure, or getting ready for your show. But what do you think of my Wolverines top 10? You called uh, some of their action this year. Cade McNamara. And then you got J.J. Mm-hmm. McCarthy sitting there. You could see that Jim is kind of itchy to put the kid in a little bit more. 
Um, but McNamara doesn't really make many mistakes. He's only made one, and even that one against yeah. Nebraska, they were able to come over, uh, come uh, come through. Uh, looks like you know, uh, you know, barring a disappointment against Northwestern, they're going to be undefeated against that meat of the Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State schedule. What do you think? Yeah, yeah I mean, I think Michigan is a really good football team. I think their defense is as solid as a unit that I've seen on tape. I've watched Kentucky. I've had Cincinnati. Both those defenses are really good. Michigan is very similar to that. they got a lot of talent back there. I'll say this about the offense and the quarterback position. I think to go in and realistically to go at Michigan State and win, to go at Penn State and win, and to keep this top ten kind of thing going, you're, the, the keys are going to have to get handed over. Because, Rich, you know this. At the end of the day, one kid can do stuff the other kid can't. And to go beat those two teams on the road while you lose some experience and you lose some valuing of the football, and I don't think McCarthy would be you know, reckless with it, I think that you are going to need some special, some special uncoachable to go beat both of those games or win both those games, if not either one. Hmm. I think at some point you've got to go, hey, young fella, go. Yeah, he, uh, obviously, he's the one who told Alex Smith we're going to go with Kaepernick. I mean, he's done that before. Yeah, good point. And good um, point. I don't know. I, you could just see he's toying with the idea. But Magna, I think he loves McNamara. I think he loves him, and for good reason. Kid hasn't turned he's it over. He's played good. He's played good. He's done exactly what they asked him to do. But I don't know if that is going to be enough on the road. Versus, I have Penn State this week, so yeah. I'm excited to see them. But I don't, I don't know if on the road it's going to be enough for those two teams, Penn State and Michigan State. Who's the best team you've seen so far? with your own two eyes then, Dan? Yeah, the best team that I have seen so far is Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's defense gives them the ability to go beat anybody. Go beat anybody. Now, would Cincinnati play really good football over 12 weeks in the SEC? I don't know. Probably not. But I don't need them to in the college football playoff. Cincinnati's the best team I've seen so far. Kentucky is right up there with them as well. Dan Orlovsky, at Dan Orlovsky7 on Twitter, at D Orlovsky on Instagram. Um, have a good show today. Let's do this again soon. I really appreciate it. You're the man, boss. Thank right you. Right back at you. Dan Orlovsky. Boy, that's a third. That's kind of a touchy subject in Michigan right now. They're top 10 in this kid. McNamara doesn't turn it over. Turn it over once against Nebraska, and it didn't cause them to lose. That's a very touchy subject at Michigan. And up to number six, Rich. Huh? Up to number six. Well, I mean, Iowa had to fall out somewhere. Iowa had to fall down somewhere. Michigan up to six. Great bye week for Michigan. Just a great bye week. Got to win the bye week. And what what did you think about Dan? What Dan had to say that there's something up with Odell and Baker, where I he either focuses on too too many times or not at all. Well, it's funny, and I know people will point at it to it being you know oh there's just a, what a headline and clicks and remember we talked about that the whole second half and into the playoffs of last year they just looked like a better offense because. He didn't feel like he had to force him the football. Yeah, well, like, how about you figure out a way to get on the same page with somebody's talent the same, certainly when you've got injuries all around you. But lean sometimes on you just can't. I don't know, man. He was getting it going when he came out with that arm injury yesterday, too, and then he got back in there. You know who could use Odell? The Giants. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they Even, could. I mean, you think Daniel Jones that. wishes he had Odell out there? Kadarius Tony is so good and he was awesome on the oh, opening drive three he had catches, almost, catches for almost 40 yards almost three 40 catches. yards boom I ankles, ankles roll i know because he's breaking everyone else's done for the game
Oh, I mean, these guys can't stay healthy. We'll take a break. We'll finish up with your phone calls next on The Rich Eisen Show. This is The Rich Eisen Show. Back here on our Rich Eisen Show. Jeff in Detroit's been hanging on forever. What's up, Jeffrey? What's going on, Uncle Rich, fellas? How's everything in the studio? Cousin Jeff. What up, though? This weekend was something else. I tell you, talking about TJ and Peacock, dude, let your feathers fly, man. Your team is doing so good. Wish I could say the same, but yeah, it's the Lions, you know. Let's talk about some other NFL stuff. How about this? Let me ask you, what does the Green Bay Packers do with Aaron Rodgers? Because in my opinion, me personally, I'll be trying to bag a Brinks truck up to his house and make sure he doesn't go anywhere. Somebody that has those qualifications, he's retiring in the uniform. He should be figuring out. Of course, it should be over. It should be over. He's already proven it, but they won't do anything on that front right now. It makes no sense to say anything right now because they're going to – this is all going to be for the for the off season, Jeff. It's all going to be for you know February and March and April, yeah. and then and then clearly, oh, yeah. and th- Jeff, thanks for the call. I really appreciate it. And and then you know, in the same way that again, Aaron Rodgers, everybody's making you know bones about him saying you know I own you, I still own you, and which is great. I like when when Aaron Rodgers, as you know, he said he's got some Roy Kent in him. Like like I like it. He's mm-hmm. he's thinking of. You know, he can be the Roy Kent of the NFL and work blue as he does, you know, with McAfee on some sort of network television show. I think that'd be great. I, I don't know if that would work on Jeopardy. Like, nice effing answer. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you know what a question mark is? You know, like, that would be great if he pulled Roy, Roy Kent on Jeopardy. <laughs> you know, but I, I like Aaron Rodgers working, working like this. Yeah. I, like, I like the edge here. I like he's, again, he's, he's out of, you know, what's left to give now. I love that. And by the way, in case you're wondering, Man. speaking of the I still own you stuff. He wasn't lying. Um, no. Yeah, uh, was... In the history of, of Soldier Field, okay. the most touchdown passes thrown in the history of Soldier Field is Jay Cutler, 82. Oh. Ooh. More than double Eric Kramer and Mitchell Trubisky's 38. Then fourth on the list is Jim McMahon. Fifth on the list, tied at 28 apiece, is my guy Jim Harbaugh and Brett oh. Favre. And then right behind them is Aaron Rodgers at 25, three in front of Mike Tomzak, which is just, again, the fresh reminder of all those Ohio State people so excited about Justin Fields is Tomzak is the Ohio State bar that he needs to clear of best Ohio State quarterback in the NFL ever. You think he'll do that? Um, Yeah, at some point. I do. As you know, I'm a fan of Justin Fields. But I'm bringing all this up of Aaron Rodgers, a lost amongst the I still own you, I own you stuff, is the fact that uh, he said he doesn't think it's going to be his last game at Soldier Field. Now, last year, remember, he came on in between weeks two and three and was talking about how he was at peace with himself and whatever. And then we find out later on that something was happening in training camp that he was so upset about, about what players were going to stay and not and what have you. And then what ended up happening at the end of the season, Tom Brady coming into his house and beating him, Definitely stuck something in his craw and other things that we might not even know. So who knows what's going to happen between now and the end of the season and how the season's going to end. The Packers absolutely have to keep this thing going. If Aaron Rodgers continues to play the way he's going to play, and I don't see anything that shows that a diminishing return is on the horizon, let alone on our planet. For the, I mean, for the foreseeable future. Absolutely. Jordan, we love you. You know, 
Wish it could happen here. We're sorry about all this. Put you through it. But we're sticking with Aaron Rodgers. All they got to do is look at what happened with Brady after they got rid of Garoppolo. Worth it? What do you think? Worth it? Uh-huh. Bueller? Anyone? To yeah, use a Chicago yes. phrase? Rich, to confirm, yes. Yes. Worth it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Don't you want the same thing in, in Green Bay? Of course you do. That's another way for you to keep Devontae Adams there, too. To me, it's a no-brainer. No-brainer. Scott in Hawaii, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Scott? Oh, hey, what's up, guys? What's going on, Scott? Uh, huge fan of the show. Thank you, sir. I uh, want to say congratulations to the Raiders. Um, Rich, I'm a diehard Steelers fan, and I don't even know where this season's going to go now. Um, Shrug you know, emoji. We've got three winnable games after the bye, but then after that, we've got Chargers, Bengals, Ravens, Vikings, Titans, Chiefs, Browns, and Ravens. Is uh, Mike Tomlin going to have Losing season? I don't think he'll have a losing season. I think you've got enough to have winning football games. It really all depends on number 22. He's the heartbeat of the team now. Thanks for the call, Scott. And I appreciate what you said in the beautiful 50th state. He's the heartbeat of the team. Najee Harris. I said it going into the season that he can change the culture. And I said in the middle of uh, what September, towards the end of September, got to get him going. Let's go. Get him going. They're getting him going. You could see. Hand it to him. Five yards here keeps you on schedule for second down. Five yards there gets you closer to third and manageable. Takes the pressure off Big Ben, literally, figuratively, literally in the fact that he had zero sacks and zero hits last night. Can't pin your ears back and go for the near 40-year-old quarterback when you're worried about 22 coming the other way downhill at you. Look out. Business decisions, it's exactly the type of play the Pittsburgh Steelers want to play. Number 22. If he stays healthy and he can continue on, you're going to be able to make a nice run with that defense. Gets healthier. Alu-alu. Tuit comes back. Starts playing healthy. Because T.J. Watt's worth that bag. He proved that last night. In overtime, a game that, you know, got out of hand in the second half for the Steelers. They were able to steal themselves, survive the last second onslaught, and then send T.J. Watt towards Geno. Wrap it up. See ya. They're the shrug emoji team, but it's all about 22. My two cents on that subject matter. Who do you want at their peak? J.J. Watt, T.J. Watt. How do you not take J.J. Watt? You guys won three Defensive Player of the Year awards. T.J. still got to keep going. He's still going. Nice way to try and break up the family, though, Chris. In the meantime, I was well, thinking on, that that subject, on, uh, on behalf of the Watt family, <laughs> on behalf of the Watt family, what's the subject matter that Sarah Tiana would not even allow you to put into uh, overreaction Monday? You know, Rich, I don't remember. We're so are we out literally of out of time? You, you okay. Thank your guests. It's fine to break up the Watt family, but once we turn it around on the Brockman Tiana household, suddenly we're out of time, huh? He said he just wants to be happy at home. That's all. Over under for yards in the diminisher tonight. Scrimmage. Under, Buck 50. Under, Buck 50. Under. Here we go. Diminisher tonight. I still think the Bills win. We're back to wrap up this show in a moment here on Peacock. For those on the Rich Eisen Show radio network, streaming, terrestrial, and satellite, we will chat again on Tuesday.